Kia ora New Zealand, welcome to Sweet Cane Live. Uh, my name is Matt Drake. This is episode 47. I'm joined this evening, as ever, by my co-host, Brady Cush. How are you, Brady? Uh, good, Matt. Uh, good. How are you? Yes, not bad. Not bad. Um, yes, not bad. Managed to play a little <laughs> bit of golf uh, recently. Um, not as much as I'd like, but hey, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, we've got a great show uh, lined up today. Uh, we're going to go through some hot scores first up, as ever. Uh, we're going to take a look around the league that's still going on, um, that finishes in a few weeks' time. Um, we're going to have uh, Zach Taylor on the on the show. Uh, he's one of the Discmania 1 in 10 uh, chaps down from Christchurch. Uh, and so uh, we'll be chatting to him. Um, Brady and I are going to be going a... Uh, through a rules update, I don't know if you've seen this, there has been or there, there are going to be some changes to the um, PGA rules coming into effect from January. Uh, we're going to go through some of those. Um, and then we're also going to talk about uh, nationals and registration and that opens tomorrow, I think. And so we're going to uh, go through that and a little bit more um, details as well. So without further ado, let's kick into it with hot scores starting as ever down south. Uh, and in Bacargill, it's a stout lockout with uh, 16 under par shot by both Levi and Ethan. Um, and if you follow Levi on Instagram, you would have seen that included an ace on hole 18. So very well done to him. Um, and uh, in Dunedin, uh, Chingford, Cameron Mackey was eight down. And he was also five down at Brockville. So a lockout for him uh, down in Dunedin. Uh, Queenstown Gardens, Peter McKay hits 13 under par, and at Tucker's, it's Tom McKay. So a McKay lockout at Queenstown. Uh, Tuck, uh, Tom McKay shot seven under at Tucker Beach. Um, over to Wanaka, and Ollie Webb hits the uh, hot round for the week um, at Ely Point with five under par, and Billy Goldsmith hits nine under par at Lismore. Across to Christchurch, and uh, Willie Trattner hits 11 under at Jelly Park. And uh, at Brooker Ave, Jeremy Brockenshire hits 5 under par. At Queen's Park, Zen Radade hits 7 under par. So well done to him. Brady, take us through the north. Through the North Island, we have um, Barrenpour. Young Ha comes in at minus 4 to take out the hot round in Barrenpour this week. Um, out to the Hakoikoi Reserve, which featured our um, Hosker competition over the weekend. We have Matt Drake, Richard McDonald, Dion Rawady, and Keith Thurlow coming in at minus two uh, for the hot round this week on the foreshore. Um, sliding up the valley, um, we have Chris Houston and Chris Sinai. Uh, it's a Chris lockout at Harcourt, uh, minus four, uh, takes out the hot round this week. That's cool. Um, up to Palmy and Linkletter, we have Ryan Kiddo coming in at minus six. Uh, nice shooting, Ryan. Uh, sliding up Lakeside, we got Spa Park. We got Tony Tinworth and Sean Ashford coming in at minus one this week on the Red Tees. Um, out to Inglewood, which featured match play over the weekend. We have the hot score of plus five coming in for Jason Gray. Um, out in Rotorua, it does seem like the uh, Swamp City. You know, Roto Vegas is getting some play. Um, we have rpmc 77 if you're out there leave your name in the comments we'd love to know who you are comes in at even par this week on the public layout um not to be left out hastings uh in the league layout so congratulations you know like they're getting up to a dozen players for their league we have anthony rogers and adam king coming in at minus three over 18 holes uh so shout out to those two for league um, Taronga, we have McLaren Falls in the extreme layout. So Jimmy Tiatufu comes in at minus eight 
including the 104-meter ace on hole 11. So another ace in the capital, another ace takes the hot score. Finally, up in the big smoke, Auckland is back out and playing. Henderson, Tommy Lee comes in at minus four. And then at Rosedale, we have Chris Kingsnorth and Josh Love Parada coming in at minus six. Uh, nice shooting up north. Fantastic. Um, great to have so many courses on our preview now, eh? Um, I'm, I'm, there's even some that we've mentioned before that didn't get a mention this week for reasons. And uh, what's going what's gonna to be interesting um, is in a year or two, and this section of the show is going to take up the whole hour, and we're going to say thank you very much, good night. Um, but either way, very, very good. Uh, so very well done to everybody who shot well this week. Um, one of the hot scores that was mentioned then was Chris Sinai, and he hit that in that minus four at Harcourt Park, which was 967 rated, which was good enough for the win this week. So well done to Chris Sinai. It's incredibly close in that division. Uh, if you want some, uh, if you want to follow some competitive disc golf, Wednesday night at Harcourt is the place to be, or at least the PDGA live scorecard is. Um, it's incredibly close, Brady, between yourself and Chris Sinai. I think he might be one point ahead um, after yes. that round just now, and there's three rounds left. So, I mean, it could be anything. It, so far, it's Ooh. been you two have taken out first and second Wait. every single week. Is it three um, or two? Seven and eight? There's uh, two weeks left. Two weeks left. Um, so it's, it could come down to the final week of uh, the year on the 22nd of uh, December. Um, and yes, we'll be following that um, with great interest. Um, so moving on, um, we've got our guest tonight. Um, our guest tonight is uh, from down south in Christchurch. Many of you will know him and many of you will have played with him. He's on the Dismania one in team. One in ten team, fairly nice chap. Welcome to Zach Taylor. Good evening, Zach. Hey team, how's it going, guys? Hi to everyone else watching at home as well. <laughs> Very good, thank you. Very good, and um, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, um, man. It's, um, I was wondering when you guys could ask me to come along. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we certainly wanted to get you on before the end of the year, given that it's been the uh, you know the. The, the whole Dismania one in ten thing has been has been going on. So let's let's start with that. How how has that kind of affected you this year compared to other years, perhaps? Yeah, well, um, so th this is my second year playing competitively on the tour. I've been playing about four years now. So jumping onto the one in ten, um, it, it, it's been fun. You know, um, I think of sort of the sponsorship or sort of um, or what we've been given. And the opportunity to have at least is just um be a part of a group of guys that are all pushing towards the same thing you know so we're there to sort of like yes it's competitive it's going to get broken down before but i haven't really thought about it like that it's more just to have a group of guys around you to sort of push each other and sort of help each other along the way and um yeah just just be able to catch up at events you know a bit of a chat online um and it's been awesome to be able to travel around i think i've played about eight events on the tour this year and i've and awesome to just catch up with everyone along the way. Well, and then you say that you've been on tour now for two years. And so I'm pretty sure like it was NZDSS has kind of sponsored you that whole time and helped you get on the road. Hasn't much changed yeah. from last year to this year with those sponsorships? Yeah, they um, 
they, they approached me sort of more towards the end of last year, I think it was. Um, and so, uh, um, again, similar with being on the, the Team Disc Mania, just having a good group of people around you. But I suppose being actually sponsored by a, a disc golf importer and distributor that you, you, you get a few a few perks to it, but it's it's more that support that you really get, you know, get, like getting help getting to events, um, there's, you know, like a little bit of um, coaching and that camaraderie you really have outside of it, um, you know, like in anything else that comes with it, it's just a bonus. And at the end of the day, just out there, just th throwing some plastic, meeting people, having fun and just, yeah, get all getting to play the game that we love in beautiful places. Well, and that's, Speaking of beautiful places, you were just down in Ohio. So you and I had caught up at, at Fault Line, you know, and then you go on to take yeah. on the South. How is Ohio this year? Uh, and that's that, that's a pretty special place. Um, going into it last year, because uh, this is my second time uh, and at the event that my Morgan and Adam have um, run. Shout out to those guys. Um, when I showed up there, I thought, man, this has got to be the most beautiful course in the country. And people said, well, you just wait and you come to paradise. So I went to play paradise and paradise. And it, it was beautiful. Um, you know, it's situated there in the mountains, but it's it's just different. You know, um, a way type of, I think, for me is just with the lake there and the mountains and everyone staying right there on site, similar to where you do a lot Heisland or paradise, is that you just get a, like a different buzz from it. Um, a, a, a amazing course. Awesome that they've got 18 permanent holes there now. So the newest disc golf course in the country. Um, yeah, managed to pull into ninth place. So I was stoked to have the, the top 10. Um, you know, making that push towards the end of the year. I was yeah, really hoping to uh, make good standings on the, on the tour this year. And um, yeah, I was pretty happy with my results overall. Talk to us a little bit about your uh, results this year. I mean, we when we look when we look back, lots of top ten finishes, which is uh, which is which is great yeah. to see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think consistency is something that a lot of people strive for within disc golf. Um, and I know that looking back at some of my rounds, I'd have like a good round, like and maybe an awesome round, but then something else that would just drop me down that little bit. Um, so I was able to, yeah, manage to get a few top tens. Um, I slipped a bit at, at nationals, but um, again, it's just getting out, out there, grinding and, and 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 putting. And everyone else is out there doing that, you know. I know you guys are out there. You're playing around, you're practicing, and everyone else that's showing up to these tournaments, they're really giving it their all. So you're putting yourself up against all these people that are putting in their hard yards too. So yeah, I was pretty happy um, on the tour overall, coming in at eighth for the MPO and I think eleventh overall. So yeah, awesome to see people like Levi from the juniors coming in, you know, and sweep, sweeping up there, and even people from the Masters, you know, Mikey and a few others, they're really, really putting it in there. So yeah, I, I think I can be pretty happy with my efforts this year. Now I know you and I discussed when you came up for Fault Line that you're still kind of itching for that like first big win. If you could pick any yeah. tournament on tour to like get that first W, uh, which one do, would mean the most to you? I mean, you put a lot of pressure on yourself for some of those those home tournaments as well, you know. So something like winning the winning the fling would be cool, or like Peter Crowther. Mm -hmm. But um, what what would I love to win? I think I had a pretty good showing at, at the, um, the the Queenstown Classic this year. I'd, I'd love to take out Queenstown. That's been running a long time, you know. Some of these events, like I, I forget going to someone like 
somewhere like Paradise and seeing that it's been running like 20 years, you know, Harcourts, I think it's been installed for 20 years. Like it's been going a long time and I, it really makes you feel like a young player coming to the game. So winning something like Queenstown would be pretty cool. Yeah, but I like especially playing something that like fits my game a bit. I love I love a good flick, or you know, um, I love to have a good good mash on a disc. So, yeah, I think Queenstown, although, although shorter, you get the opportunity to um, yeah play some nice shots. And would you say you're more of that kind of wooded, shorter game kind of player over a a, a golf course, for example? Um, I think when it comes down to it, something like in Inglewood was was pretty cool um last year when it's like you do get the big open bombers so like I'm, I'm i like to think of myself a bit more of an all-rounder matt you know those those short holes are like pretty fun especially when i can get a get a good forehand or you know get a little high to flip in the woods is fun but i think everyone loves just smashing on a disc and getting some good distance out of it so yeah there's nothing like that feeling just letting it loose and it's, it's the ones you get right that you remember you know you've got to forget about those ones those shank shots <laughs> what shank shots <laughs> exactly yeah well that that's a great example so you know like going into this is the off season or used to be the off season it's kind of mid-season now as we transition between you know like the calendar year and now the like nzdg year uh what are you kind of like yeah. working on or looking to improve over the holidays oh uh, i mean like everyone spends time on the on, at the punting basket you know that, that goes without saying but I think I think fitness is a big thing that comes into it. I think and like mental game. I know Brady, you mentioned that once not too long ago. You've been really focusing on that mental game because everyone knows that saying that it's like you know ninety percent mental this, this this game. And we don't really spend much time working on that that mental mental health and that mental like stability to go out there and just and grind and know what you have to do. So I think definitely some fitness. I've got a whole whole gym that's just gathering dust out in the garage back here, so that's not doing me much good. But um. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, a bit of like mindfulness, thinking about you know, really thinking about your shots and you know, being able to be cool, calm, and collected out in the course, and then just a bit of fitness as well. In terms of that, in terms of that mental game, um, when people, when when anyone practices um, in whatever it is, and we'll take putting as an example, um, you build up like a muscle memory that you then take with you to the course, and hopefully that pays off. And to a degree, it's uh, driving form um, has that as well. Um, can you think of any examples that you personally have have, have found that you, that allows you to build up that muscle memory for the for the mental game? Mm. Right. So Thanks. you know what I mean. So you yeah. have this kind of muscle memory that you build up for your physical for your physical game. Is there any techniques that you've tried or um, that you've been playing with recently? that you feel would yeah. um, help your mental game from that kind of repetitive motion, perhaps? Not really motion. Um, I think I think um, music's really powerful, Matt, you know, to, so be able to chuck a speaker on or chuck some headphones on and just that really helps you get in the zone. Uh, like mm. You see more and more players these days coming in onto the course with headphones on as well. So, yeah. like, uh, and, and there's a time, time and a place for it, whether you put one ear in or, like, both just for the actual shot. You don't want to be antisocial, but having like some some good jams when you're getting into that into that zone um really helps your mental game i think i, I know i've seen brady out there um, before the round headphones on get, getting in, into the zone getting his, his rocky on <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so what are you listening to? If, if we're putting on music, you know, like, and we're warming up for your round to win Queen Sound Gardens, uh, like, give me, like, two or three artists that you're going to put on to listen to to hype up. Ah, uh, man, I've, I appreciate all genres of music, you know. So I got some country, got some some Luke Coombs in there. Um, uh, I got I got some Rage Against the Machine to get me pumping. Um, yeah. So um, uh, I'm, uh, a good good friend recommended some uh, some of the Star Wars themes to me recently. You know, get, get that Jedi mindset going, get get you in the zone. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Excellent, yeah, excellent. Yeah. And so uh, that would so in terms of your goals for next year, you're gonna you obviously you're looking for the you're looking for that for that first win. Um, what else would you want to achieve um, besides that? Perhaps that you know, if we were to speak to you in a year's time, you could go, yeah, that's I've had a good year. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, first off, I've um, me and my partner Kerry have actually got a baby during February. So that, that's going to be first and foremost for me. So I, I, I'm, I've pushed real hard to you know push at the end of the end of the part of this year. So it's going to, going to be until February. I'm going to have a, have a bit of a break so I can really focus on those, um, you know, focus on the family, and then I'll be able to play a couple of events before the 21, 22 um, season finishes to um, you know to push up on that, um, and then you're pushing into the the following seasons. Like it'd be awesome to get onto Discmania, you know. Like, no, no qualms about. It. I think any of those ten guys have got a really good shot at getting into it. But regardless, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, I'm just out there, just having a good time, growing the game. I'm, I'm actually joined the Crushers Disco Club this year, and I've been fortunate enough to have the portfolio for um, course designer. So it's been awesome to, um, yeah, work with work with them and such a large group of people in Crushers that were, I mean we're well behind needing to put some courses in. So I'd love to get some more courses in the ground and get more people out there playing. And, you know, um, whether that's new people or people that have been playing the game for a long time, you know, everyone can appreciate a new course in the ground. So uh, that'd be awesome to, to really push with that. In terms of the tour, you know, everyone would love to love to win. I'd love to, you know, come definitely top 10 overall. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. I think well, congratulations from us uh for, for, from us Zach, on uh, on on your baby um and obviously hope all Thanks, goes man. well in in february um it's a it's a very um it's a very it's a great time it's a great time when when that all happens so uh, enjoy yeah. it no, really um, yeah good stuff good stuff Right. No, it's certainly been been a wild ride coming into disc golf, and because um, Matt, how long have you been playing? Uh, for me, I've I've been playing kind of casually since about twenty seventeen, four years. Um, yeah, slightly more years. seriously yeah. since twenty nineteen, yeah. probably. Yeah. And I I know Brady's got some years on us. He's been putting the hard yards in. A few more years. I mean, look how old he is compared to both of us, right? <laughs> <laughs> that big beard isn't something that's never been. <laughs> well, Zach, did you think you'd be sitting here four years ago? Man, I, um, I started a, um, well, me and my best mate, uh, Mitch Hudson, we started the Ultimate Frisbee Club out in Lincoln. So we're just, just, just throwing lids out, having some fun, and then, you know, transition down to Jelly Park. 
And of course, um, again, Cam Hubbard's down there sees us throwing these lids and think, and I managed to you know, chuck an actual disc off a disc in my hand. And like, I, I think I threw a Ruru for about three months. He kept trying to put different discs in my hand. I said, no, I'll just stick with this Ruru, you know. Yeah, well, my, my, Mitch is picking up different discs. Like, yeah, yeah, this will be great. So, um, yeah, can you come and come from that to, you know, to getting to meet so many people along the way. And um, I actually had a pretty sweet tour over to America, um, as I mentioned before, my best mate Mitch and I and um, a friend Madison went over to, for six weeks, managed to get through 29 disc golf courses in 10 national parks in six weeks. Wow. So it was, uh, yeah, a that's real good time. Good. And I, I think that's where I found my forehand. <laughs> What, did you just like you know, pick it up off the street? Like, did you find it in one of the national parks, like tucked yeah, away somewhere? Yeah. yeah. No, you want to get yourself a, a, a nice, a, a nice G Star Thunderbird and just, yeah, go out and just grind for six weeks on a bunch of different courses. <laughs> and yeah, you'll come out of it with a forehand. I guarantee it. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, should we move on to Desert Island Disc Golf? Yep. Ship them out. Um, Right. So uh, the premise for anybody who's not seen the show before is uh, Zach is uh, stranded on a desert island. Uh, fortunately, there is a disc golf course on this desert island, uh, and he's been stranded with uh, three of his favorite discs and three of his favorite card mates. So, uh, Zach, what are you throwing? What are we throwing? Um, everyone starts with the putter. So let's go the opposite. Let's go the driver, right? So straight into it. <laughs> Hadn't had this in the bag for a little while now. The, you probably hardly see the stamp left on it. Turn into a ghost stamp. Cloudbreaker 2. Cloudbreaker 2. Excellent. Even in that condition, yeah. that's worth about 80 bucks, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why, you, that's why you have the mint condition one that's ready ready to go on the on the wall for when this one loses. But, um, I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's just a slightly different DD3, you know, like, it's it's not too stable it's not too flippy it's got some good glide on it um i've got the number one in my bag but this number two just seems to just yeah really do it for me yeah well, so what, what makes it obviously it's it's a it's a dd3 in a particular type yeah. of plastic uh the yeah. uh, the s line it's swirly i mean they call it but i'm not entirely sure but the uh what makes it different from just your regular dd3s then how does like why one. why does it yeah. throw different why does it throw different? I mean, I'm not a disc golf like uh, manufacturer, Matt, but this thing it hasn't got the slightly. It's, I think some of the more overstable ones have got a bit more of a pop top to them. It's not quite mm -hmm. as poppy as some of the other ones. Um, right. Obviously, like the plastics that they're made in it, something they've done something. Maybe they put something in the swells. You know, it just makes it go far. I don't know, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Especially oh, once it gets beaten, well, right? it's a lot different to the the brand new ones. Yeah, these ones it's a bit yeah. more overstable. They get, yeah, you get uh, you got a good head one. I'm I'm reaching for the brand new DD threes, but I'm really looking forward to those new ones coming out. The Cloudbreaker threes, you should look. Cloudbreaker threes and those the and the, the Italian plastics of the, uh, the DD threes. <laughs> how can we how can we forget about the Italian blend plastic? I know so. the Ferraris of disc golf, right? Yeah. <laughs> um cool. okay uh yeah. what's your mid or fairway where are we going md3 yeah so th th this is the one of the um the the originals in sea line i've got so i've mm -hmm. got some of the new ones as well they're real pretty they're really nice but um i find this one it's just got a little bit more stability 
Um, I've been starting to flick it a lot more as, as well um, as, um, as backhanding it, but it's slightly flat at top, just feels nice in the hand. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you want to put some like any flex on it, or you just want to like, if you really rip on it, you can get a bit of hyzer flip. It's just one of those straight to you know, reliable finishes on it. So you can't get past the MD3. Good stuff. And Good stuff. last but not least, I've been putting with the Sensei since I jumped onto uh, Discmania. So mm -hmm. um, they're really nice uh, plastic feel. I've got it in the premium as well, which is really nice throwing putter. But um, mm -hmm. I came from throwing a, an ABR3 in the XT plastic. So it's really quite similar um, disc, um, you know, similar similar sort of nose on it, no, no bead. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think the only thing that's different about these this active line only seems to come up to like a 170 gram as mm -hmm. opposed to most of my, or all of my other discs, uh, 175s. So that'd be the only sort of like difference with this putter, but I love it. You know, I, I don't think people don't choose a putter, the putter chooses them. So it feels good. It goes straight. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it goes in the chains. <laughs> good, stuff. good stuff. Excellent. And, uh, and who's with you? Who's with you on your round? Who's with me? Ah, oh, like there's you know so so many friends, all the all, all the Discmania crew and all the NZDSS um, people and all my all mates around Christchurch. So of course, I'd love to be there, but if I get to choose any three people, I'm going to be fanboying. You know, I'm not just going to choose you know, choose good mates. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, they they all know that I wish I could come. And um, I think it goes without saying, my dog Ace would come along as well. Do, do I get a freebie for Ace? Yeah, uh, yeah. Ace is a freebie. Yeah, yeah. You, meet, yeah. you can meet him. You can meet him before I shoot off if you like. But those three people, um, number one, Avery Jenkins. You no, know, like he's a he's, he's he's world champion. He's like a um, world distance champion. Um, I just saw today on his Instagram. He's played one thousand two hundred courses around the yeah. world now. So he's got I some mean, experience. One, 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 and he's island, right? So it's. It's exactly yeah. So, like if we want to be doing some some redesigning of the course or something like that, he'd be the man to go to. Be able to pick, mm -hmm. pick up some tips from him. So, um, and then I'd I'd love to have um, Eagle McMahon along. So Eagle would be my number two. Like yes, he can crush it, but um, he's 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 vegan as well, right? Isn't he? So yep. um, I we're on a desert island. We need someone to go foraging for those little berries and stuff. <laughs> right? So he'll be perfect for that. Vegans well, make good foragers, so I've heard. So that's... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I think so. You know, he knows all the right berries and plants and stuff to eat. So, yeah. yeah. And um, and thirdly, we're gonna, we've got to have the other crush boy, Simon Lazat, you know, so... Um, yeah, he'd be good. he can start, throw some crazy lines, but um, I, I see he's also been getting into beer brewing recently as well. So um, you know, maybe we can get some sort of like a, a like a still going, get, get some craft beer. Oh, this goes down well with, the, with the, the, the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, easy picks. Good stuff. Good stuff. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Zach. Um, we're going to move on to the quick fire round. So. Um, uh, I'm going to go through the family-friendly front nine, which is the same every week for everybody who uh, participates. And then Brady's got the safari back nine, which is different every week to uh, for everyone. So here we go. Um, what's your name? Zach Taylor. Where were you born? Wellington. Where do you live now? I live in Christchurch. What's your PDGA number? 
138918. How many years have you been playing? This will be five years now. Yep. Two years. Your favorite disc. Three years competitive. Your favorite disc? Um, that's going to be the, 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 a DD3, the Cloudbreaker. Yeah. Favorite course? Favorite course, De La Viega in Santa Cruz. Mm. Very good. Favorite MPO player? Eagle. Yeah. Favorite FPO player? Missy Gannon. Mm. Very good. Yeah. Excellent. Brady. Coming in with a curveball even before we get to the back nine. Okay. Yeah, man. Back nine. Yeah. Parked approach or longest drive? Packed. Uh, spin putt or push putt? Spin. Collectors or throwers? Throwers. Jedi or Sith? Jedi, yeah. Batman or Spider-Man? Spider-Man, yeah. Big Spoon or Little Spoon? Big spoon. <laughs> Boy or girl? Oh, we haven't found out yet, so. <laughs> Boy. Boy, okay. We don't know. Uh, I don't paradise? Know. Okay. Uh, paradise or Ohio? Ohio. And lastly, sausage roll or cheese scone? <sighs> Cheese gone. Mm. Very good. Very good. Uh, Zach, thank you so much for joining us uh, this evening. We've got to know you a little bit more, and it's been great talking to you um, about your your year uh, this year and uh, your goals for next year. Um, very best of luck um, next year, both in your disc golf and um, with your new baby. Um, we wish you all the best, uh, and congratulations. Thank you so much, Matt. Uh, I, I really appreciate you guys. You guys are doing an awesome job. Can I give you a quick shout out to all the NZDSS, all the Discmania team, and of course my my partner Kerry and my stepson Archer. Do you guys want to meet Ace before I sign off? Yeah, is he there? Yeah, yeah. Bring on Ace. Ace, come. Up, up, up. Oh. Ah. There he is. Good work. There he is. <laughs> Fantastic. See you, See you, Jack. See you later. Have a good one. Cheer up. Good stuff. Good stuff. And great to see um great to see Zach and speak to him, Brady. Um, and it's also what really struck me with um talking to Zach then is how much he's really got invested in the Dismania opportunity. Not only just switching all of his bag across. Um, but I don't know if you follow his, um, you obviously do follow his Instagrams and, uh, and, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, very much getting, getting fully involved with the, with the Dismania one in 10. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, we were chatting when he came up for fault line, you know, like we were talking and discussing, you know, like, yeah, that kind of social media side of things. And, you know, like he'd started a new Instagram account. And so, you know, yeah, we just kind of like caught up over, you know, like, yeah, it's nice to see all this stuff, but you know, it takes time and effort for us, Dismania one in 10 to like be putting out those posts and also to like learn technologies. A lot of the one in 10 were kind of 
new to Instagram and new to Facebook posts. And so, you know, like to kind of market themselves, you know, like that Zach, I think has done a, a really good job about, you know, kind of branding himself and, you know, like even with the desert Island, you know, like let's bring on Avery and Eagle and Simon, you know, like, let's like, yeah. let's go whole hog. These are my crew. You know what I mean? To be fair, he's been crushing forehands with that DD three and Cloudbreaker for like the two, three years that I've known him. So he's, he's always been a like disc mania in of a guy. So, you know, like it's really good to see him. And, and like you said, it's been great to have him as like a teammate as it were, you know, like in this one in 10 and like us supporting each other, you know, like coming up and down, it was fun, you know, like Ashton and him flew up for fault line. And so we had like the Friday together and, you know, like we went around and I showed him the courses, uh, showed him hardcore park. So, you know, like it was kind of fun to have that kind of community vibe, that mm -hmm. teammate vibe, you know, like as they come up and we compete with and against one each other. Totally. And there's only uh, a couple more of the team, uh, the Dismania team uh, still to come on the show. Um, so hopefully we'll have them on the show um, very soon. Isaac, uh, if you're listening, reach out. We want you on the show. Uh, and Mitch is also the other one. Mitch, he works incredibly hard and uh, is, is works very long hours. So hopefully we can catch him for um, a, a just not, well, 20 minutes on a Thursday night, one, one night as well. Ooh. If you're watching, leave in the comments below who you want us on next week, whether it should be Mitch or whether it should be Isaac. Make sure to tag them in your comment below. That's a very good point. And that's uh, that we shall we shall we shall invite stretch the invite out to uh, to, to who who comes on. Uh, Sebastian has been on. He was on uh, two or three weeks ago, I think. Actually, a bit more than that, maybe, maybe four or five weeks Um yeah, so if you if you want to uh, see any of the um, previous guys, then head over to our YouTube channel, um, subscribe to our channel, hit the bell, um, and um, you'll find it all there. Or alternatively, if you uh, consume your podcasts in a non-live manner, then you can do so over on Spotify. Um, you'll find us there. So make sure that you uh, that you follow us on Spotify as well. Um, right, uh, Brady, there's uh, been an announcement come out from uh, the PDGA that there's going to be some rule changes um, happening from January. Now, these were posted uh, as a, um, like a, this is the proposed rules, I guess, earlier on this year. I think we might have spoken about them, but I, I'm not sure. I might have done. Um, but they're coming into play. They're pretty much all um, been put through as they as they were proposed. And they all, they're all coming in from January. I want to focus on two in particular. There's a, there's, there's a few, um, uh, the, but I want to focus on two. One of them is about OBs. So can yep. you just run through what's changed in terms of when a disc goes out of bounds? What, what, what's, what's different now? Oh, goodness. Okay, so the biggest change to it is where you get to place your mark. So in years past, it has been that when you're placing your marker, when your disc goes out of bounds at the last place that your disc was in bounds, you have to place your marker within one meter perpendicular from that OB line. Um, now that provides like some tricky spots, you know, like it one B, you know, like OB away might be a tree. It could be a bush. It could be a log, you know, like it might be in the water. Um, if you're in, it came up recently in one of the like OTB skins, you know, like that there's corners. And then it's like, well, if you're like one meter away from that OB, now you're closer to like another OB. And so like mm -hmm. there's confusion. Um, so th how the rule changes is that you now have a, a semicircle or kind of like an arc in which you can place your mini. So where you mm -hmm. last went out of bounds, you now have like an, a semicircle worth of meter that you can place your mini. 
Now, okay. the rule still states that like you have to have your feet in bounds. But what it does mean is that rather than perpendicular to, um, mm. even if it's closer to the basket, um, you can now place it so that as long as your feet are in bounds, you could take a little bit advantage and move a little bit closer, you know, mm. or out of the way of a tree or a bush, or you could potentially place it a little farther back again, if it gives you kind of that better footing. So it kind of plays into the rule of like the spirit of the game and like the benefit goes to the, to the player. Um, yeah. But I do think it's, I'm, I'm interested to see how much it's going to be taken advantage of um, throughout the course mm. of next year. Okay. Well, cause you can move it. You can in theory, move your, move it forwards, even if it's going to be less than a meter that you move it forwards. Right. But you can, you can move your mini now closer to the basket in order to get a better lie or better yep. footing, I can say. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, very interesting. That comes into effect from January. So any PG yes. event, from January, any that are in, being played in December leagues and uh, and and um, day of the June, for example, will all be um, on the existing rule set rather than the new ones which are coming in from January. Okay, um, there's a also another rule change in regards to um, whether a disc is in or out as well. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, did not... you see that? Did that make sense to you? Yeah, it did. So I'm going to try and summarize it, and then you can correct me if I if I if I get it wrong. Okay. So a disc now is. Oh, sorry. Let me try and get the wording of the. Of the, of the <laughs> yeah, how's your legalese, man? Right. Yeah, my legalese is. We'll see. Um, so in order to complete a hole, the disc must having after after having been thrown, um, must come to rest supported by the basket tray or the chains that are that are hanging down from the top of the basket, not the top of the basket, but the chains hanging down or the tray, which in theory now means that you don't need to, the disc doesn't need to cross one of the two kind of conical or spherical planes, if you like, that the basket, the chains and the, and the, and the tray made, made up. In theory, if you're, the, the disc can get wedged in the in the basket uh, cage and providing it's supported there, that's in. Yep. Uh, additionally, and I don't obviously I don't have a basket on here to, to, to demonstrate, but I think we've all seen that that picture of the basket of all the discs hanging off in lots of different um, positions. Well, now actually quite a few of those are in. Um, there's one hanging on the nubs that's now in. There's one that's kind of wedged that's now in. Um, have I got that right? Yeah. So the only thing that kind of changes is so theoretically, because this rule has changed over the past, say, four or five years, and that mm. it used, you know, like the most recent iteration prior to the change was it had to enter legally. So I above the basket and below the chain support. And then it had to come to rest supported by the basket. So that, so, you know, like that one of the nubs used to be fine. So long as it kind of like came in and then like rested on the basket or was like leaning on the outside, that was fine. Um, or, you know, like even so long as you entered in legally and then somehow ended up on top, that was also fine. Yeah. But now the rules are a little clearer than what you said. So it is so long as your disc is supported by the basket under the chain support. Um, right. So the idea okay. of, what this really does. So yes, there are those off chance cases of like wind and blowing and skips and rolls and that kind of stuff. 
But what it does is it helps clarify the rule for it used to be you couldn't enter like either wedged in didn't count. And also, so say you throw a skip shot. So say you throw a low shot that's skipping in at the basket. There's the possibility it's going to skip through the cage and not change. So like if you're listening for chains and don't hear it, but then you approach the basket and the disc is inside, there's that possibility that it skipped through the basket and entered illegally. And so because of that, you can't then hole out. There's no way to prove how the disc Mm. entered the basket, which means you can't complete the hole, which means you can't complete the round, which just brings in a whole lot of admin nightmare. So the idea of now by as long as it's supported by the basket, you know, whether that's chains, basket, support, pole, I'm interested to see if anything's going to get like caught on a nut or anything on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Because that'll count so long as it's beneath the the chain support. Okay. So we've got a couple of questions. We'll just just clarify them as they're here. Um, So no more crossing the plane between the lid and the top rung of the cage. Correct. It doesn't have to. And Hemi's is... uh, comment is the same so you can enter the tray from below the top line of the tray yes you can um well, i've seen it happen um in a in a in a video it was a rebecca a rebecca cox putt that got wedged into the side of the cage and i'm sure other people have seen um paul Macbeth ace at uh ledgestone he at the baseball the hole yeah yeah so all those would now count um now we're not talking about um i don't think we're going to see people throwing really floppy putters now to try and um just in case they, they throw low um but yeah I, I think dylan's get it right i'll just stick to hitting dead center of the chains and, and you're probably right is that's probably still probably the best the best way to forwards i think on this but two rule changes i think um at least um at least are, are worthy of, of mention um, yeah. well, there well, it also means you can fall through the basket now so long as you fall like resting on top won't count but mm-hmm. if you actually fall through that will so, yeah. you know, like that's another thing. So maybe you just need to start throwing grenades, throw your tilt a little bit more, you know, and you'll, you know, get more aces. So Hemi's saying, what if you do see it enter from below the top line of the tray? That's still fine because it, that whether you've witnessed it or not doesn't make it right or not. It's to allow for those times where you don't see it. And so then you don't have to potentially have a chat as a card or, or you know, there's there's any of that confusion. Yep. Um, so, I mean, yeah, so the... Uh, any, any kind of as long as you it's supported by the basket and it enters below the uh the uh, chain support um at the top then you're all good so supported um, by the basket underneath the chain support that's all that's yep. required entrance no longer matters excellent excellent and um it's a lot, a lot easier to explain were there any other rules that kind of caught your eye that um that have changed those were the two big ones. The OB rule, I even skipped over the first. That that basket one was what kind of stood out to me. There's a lot of wording changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like, yeah, the legalese is kind of changing and catching up. There's a speed of play rule change. I don't know if you saw this. It's I Oh, I did the, see this. I the, love the, this rule. This is my Nicola favorite Castro new rule. rule. It's the Nicola Castro rule. So essentially what they've done is <laughs> in terms of the wording, right, Um They've removed the word without distraction from basically that sentence which says you've got 30 seconds from basically it's your turn to putt and you you're you've you know it yeah basically you've got 30 seconds to putt. It doesn't uh, as long as the course is free to play, uh, you know, there's nobody walking across a fairway or or, or whatever, um, then you've got 30 seconds. Um and it's not 
the, the free of distraction bit has been taken out. So now if a dog barks or a fly flies into your mouth or whatever, doesn't matter, it, the clock's still running. You don't get to reset the clock because of, you know, the wind was blowing, right? So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's pretty much the, the crux of that rule change. Um, yeah, and one well, actually, I, 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 yeah, I agree with you. I quite, I, I quite like that. To be fair, though, it's really interesting that as kind of part of that rule, the piggyback, they've also, I, I can't wait till we get here in New Zealand, that we need to take bathroom breaks when we're on the tee. So the mm. idea of they're now allowing reasonable time, which reasonable time. how do you enforce yeah. reasonable time to go yeah. to the bathroom? Well, it depends where uh, you are, I guess, on the course, because there's some courses where that are a, a, a lot longer from a reasonable time away from a bathroom. Um, so, yeah. Um, which actually leads us into a really good point. Matt, I know that you had some questions in and around nationals. And so the idea I, of it being. I do. But before we do, I'm, um, Dylan has um, uh, oh. asked a question, which I'm gonna, just going to clarify, just going to come back to. So question about the first OB rule you talked about. It's a great question, this. If you don't go OB, but you are within that one meter, can you use that new rule to get closer to the basket? No, you can't. You play... Uh, you, you're, you can take relief from the OB up to a meter perpendicular to where you've landed and the OB line, but you cannot use this kind of arky uh, semicircles. Only if you go out of bounds um, that that counts. So, um, so no, only if you go out of bounds. If you uh, if you don't, if you if you've landed in bounds, then you take it from um, either where it lands, or you can take relief up to a meter away perpendicular from where your from where your disc lands um, to the OB line um right okay um questions about nationals yes so your there was a post that came out um for um uh, nationals earlier on this week that talked about registration um and yes. there were three four main points to it three main points to it yeah yeah three um, maybe three three sounds three. good Three main points. Um, the first point was that the registration was going to be a tiered registration. Correct. Um, Brady, take us through the, the, the three tiers and their respective rego open dates. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you know, uh, as we struggle and as, you know, like the there are only 144 spots available. Um, so, you know, like we're trying to be as fair as we can to bring the best in the country uh, into Wellington um, and to make sure that they can register. Um, and so we're going with a tiered registration, you know, kind of you'll hear Disc Golf Pro Tour in the States does like a, a card kind of, of system. Um, so for us, we're starting out similar to that. So like the top 64 women, 64 men mm -hmm. and 16 women. So the top 80 players um, mm -hmm. are allowed to register next year. Um, they register as part of tier one, which opens mm -hmm. tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Yep. In addition to those 80 players, um, we are also opening up registration to all of uh, all women and all juniors as well. Um, we know that the growth of the game is through both of those avenues. Um, and so we are encouraging those players to also register tomorrow night. Um, there are okay, 85 so spots open initially. Um, so the idea of if all of those get taken, you know, like that people kind of have to wait for future spots to get open. Hence why there are three tiers. Okay. Um, so just, for the just second to clarify, tier, sorry, just to clarify, tier one is top 64 men, according to the 2021 standings on TPAD. So head over to tpad.org.nz if you're unsure where you finished. Um, and it's a top. They should, have, they should have received an email already. So the top 80 players will have received an email to register tomorrow night at yep. 7 p.m. 
Okay, brilliant. And then any junior as well? Yep. Okay. All right. So that's tier one. What about tier two? Uh, tier two, again, trying to encourage all of the best players in New Zealand to come to nationals and compete in all divisions. All players, PDGA players, registered players who are rated 900 and above um, are able to register on Sunday night at seven. So tier one will have 48 hours in which to register. And mm -hmm. then tier two also will have 48 hours to register starting at Sunday night at seven. Uh, and that's for they're open to all divisions. Okay. Okay. And then tier three is everyone. Is everyone. Yep. So yeah, okay. tier two, we open up like an additional 30 spots. Um, so we'll go out to 115, can register mm -hmm. between tier one and tier two. And then we'll open all 144 spots um, up at on Tuesday night at seven. So that's for your general, anybody else who didn't make tier one or tier two um, can register at that point. Excellent. So set your alarms. If you're anything like me and you're in tier three, tier three massive, then uh, we'll um, be setting my alarm for seven o'clock on uh, Tuesday night. What are the costs um, for entry? Yep. Uh, so, yeah, with it being an A tier event um, and what we're uh, producing and offering this time, it's 165 for all of the pro divisions and then it's mm -hmm. 135 for all of the amateur divisions. Um, okay. You know, like that includes all of the prize support, you know, like in the extra added cash that we need. It also like elevating uh, the course itself um, and making sure that it's up to standards and meeting the new um, NZDG and PDGA standards. Um, mm -hmm. I know, Matt, you kind of mentioned before the show about, you know, like, well, what's the difference between like, say, a C tier, yeah, you know, like, which is what Middle Earth was in the past or like a, a B tier and A tier. And really, it's just going to be my question. Yeah, because it, it was one of the points that came out in the email was that this is an A tier. So what, why, so what, why, what, what's so good about an A tier? So A tiers in the States function a little differently than in New Zealand. Um, so usually only nationals is an A tier in New Zealand. So typically it's in the States, it'd be like your state championship. So, you know, like you're mm -hmm. going to kind of only have like one A tier per state. Um, the other thing too, is you have to have a pedigree. So, you know, like you have to have had like be running a B tier for multiple years. You have to be running it well with no complaints from players. Um, so the idea of, again, like you build up to get an A tier, um, you know, like with us, with me having run the Isengard Invitational, then running the Middle Earth Open, running those as C tiers, you know, okay. like it, this year, you know, like I was kind of awarded that being able to run it as an A tier. Um, so also the pedigree and the idea that players can, uh, uh, can go along to an event with an expectation of, hey, this is being run by someone who knows what they're doing, been doing it for years and... It, it will, as a result, you think run smoother and 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 with a um, and with and be a better quality tournament as opposed to perhaps someone's first go at it. Yeah. Well, you also notice one of the big things with the pro tour taking over the pro side of of the in the states. The idea of A tiers are kind of a lot of the the silver series pro tour events are mm -hmm. A tiers. You know, like in your state championships. Um, you know, like a lot of professional like touring professionals will play and drop down to A tiers because one of the things, too, is the idea of added cash. So the idea of like added cash last year, you know, like um, we even though we were a C tier Middle Earth Open was still paying out like over a thousand dollars. I think roughly I know it screws up when you try to convert it to American, um, you know, like this year where it'll be over three thousand dollars of added cash. Um, so, you know, like top prize depending on the number of players, we're looking at probably a $1,500 top prize this year. Um, so, you know, like the idea of that you are, it's a 
if you win, it's 10 times what your entry fee is, you know, mm. and that, that, you know, we're looking to have one of the largest payouts in New Zealand history, you know, and it be having it be an A tier gives it that international status. So, you know, like when people look at it, it's like, Oh, you know, like this isn't just C tier and like other things too are like baskets need to be a certain level. So the idea of we are having temporary courses, they're not going to be disc mates. They are going to be heavy duty RPM, um, mm -hmm. you know, like helix baskets. So they will match over the course. Um, the idea of it has to be played over 54 holes. Um, you know, it can't just be a one day, you know, like two round event. It has to be a three round event. Um, so there are other like kind of little things like that, that bring it in and step yeah. it up from like one to the next. So yeah, like it's it's a big gamble. I've I've been telling people already that I've put more planning and organization into this year's nationals already, only having it been announced like two to three weeks ago, probably than I did all of last year, if not mm. the last two or three years combined. So as a player, is there any differences for, for an A tier? Um you have to be a PDGA member. So that's new. Mm -hmm. Um so everyone coming in next year, you have to sign up and be a PDGA member in order to play. Um, that especially includes the open divisions. You need to be a PDGA member, even if you're not current, because yeah. it is allowing the PDGA to track cash. So that way you can't. So Justin Workman's kind of a great example. You can't play and accept playing a PDGA event, except, you know, like a thousand dollars for winning and then register as an amateur and start playing in the amateur divisions. Yeah. Not really a problem here, more of a problem in the States. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, like that kind of stuff comes up. I need to double check. I don't think it's a rule at this stage of like collared shirts and the fact that you have to wear like sports shirts. Um, typically, mm -hmm. I think that comes in at majors. But again, we talked about new rules are coming in. And I know A tier rules are now B tier rules. So yes. I think there may be a uh, an entire requirement coming in for nationals. Um, but I'll be looking into that once uh over the course of the next few days as people start registering for the event. Sure. Sure. Good stuff. Good stuff. Anything else you want to say about nationals? Cause um, it's uh, there's going to be, it's going to be a very busy week and uh, you can maybe update us on next week's show about how many people um, have registered in the first week of it um, opening. Obviously we'd expect it to, to, to sell well, um, but it may not sell out in the first week. So we'll be, uh, we'll be, we'll be having a look. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll make sure to post everyone. Um, you know, like I have check, you know, all the official stuff we are using disc golf scene this year. So make sure you mm -hmm. have a disc golf scene account. If you want to register, make sure you're a PDGA member and that it's current through March of next year. Um, that's mm -hmm. very important. Um, and also for everything nationals, please follow the Facebook page. That'll be the easiest way for me to yeah. contact 95% of the people who are playing. Um, so, you yeah. know, like when it comes to registration and spots open and sponsorships and, and that kind of stuff, uh, make sure you're following there. And then, yeah, we'll, I'll give you guys all the full update next week on how things are going. Um, and then, yeah, uh, just kind of keep you as we get closer to next March, um, you know, like how the tournament is progressing. Okay, sweet. Just something on disc golf scene, sign up before like the registration opens and all that kind of stuff, because I've used that site before. And if you try and register at the same time as signing up for an event, it can take longer and be a bit more frustrating. So just do yourself a favor. If you're not already a member of Disc Golf Scene, sign up for it prior to um, tomorrow evening so that when tomorrow evening hits, you can just go in, logged in, and uh, and, and register. Um, excellent. 
Excellent. Right. Um, we've got a few events that are coming up, so uh, we'll quickly go through um, those. Uh, we've got the Gathering of Nocturnals, which is uh, happening this Saturday at uh, Queenstown Gardens. Um, and we've got Day in the Dunes at Invercargill on uh, Saturday and Sunday of this weekend. That's a PDGA event, so the Sweet Chain rankings will be up dated next week following that um, and then the first event I think of the new year um, is the west side of Woodville um, which uh, Ryan Kitto is running so uh, if you if you can get along to Woodville for um, early next January then um, then speak to him um, I've, I've heard great things from uh, from people who've been to that tournament um, and uh, obviously Ryan knows what he's doing so um, very recommend going to uh, going to that if you can um Big shout out. Um, we have heard that there are um, there is still space available if you want to go to Days in the Dunes, uh, the Generation mm -hmm. Disc Golf. Please support um, Adam and Morgan down south. We've had them on the show in the past. They are doing absolutely great things. So please, yeah. if you can, if you can make it out, you know, go have a muck around, go have a throw. Heck, you know, like walk away with some prize money, um, you know, like love to support them so yeah make sure you clog in morgan if you're watching or listening can you please leave in the comments below where people could sign up maybe a quick little link um that help people a lot um please go out and support everything generation disc golf yep absolutely absolutely if you want to catch their episode i think it was two episodes ago maybe three two episodes yeah. ago i think um you, again head over to our youtube channel or spotify um lovely stuff um i think that does it for this week um, we'll be back uh, next Thursday um, for our penultimate show of the year. Um, and then we'll be taking a, um, a well-earned break for a week in between Christmas and New Year. And we'll be back on the first Thursday of January. Um, Brady, thank you so much for joining us today. Cheers, um, man. Thanks for having me as always. Uh, take care, everyone. Have a lovely week. Uh, play some disc golf. Get some birdies. Take it easy. Cheers. Peace.